I say, Africa must wake up, the sleeping sons of Jacob, for what tomorrow may bring. May Our dynasty on the morning bliss. Uh, we are joined right now by Sibat uh, Ampo Mukai, who's a creative writing lecturer at the Salt Lake University. And uh, there's an interesting book uh, that has that was published. Um, this book was published at a time where, um, you know, things were things were different in South Africa. It's been 50 years since uh, the book was published, and uh, since it's been published, it's time for us to look at it. Revisiting Saul Blackie's Mafiking, uh, Reconsideration and Restoration. Thank you very much for joining us, Sibat. Good morning. Good morning, Sibata. Mm. It seems like we're having challenges with our lines. We will have this conversation. I mean, this uh, book is said to be a very important book um, because it is uh, the Mafikeng Diary of Salty Blakey, and it is uh, the only war diary by a black person about the events of the Anglo-Boer War that took place in 1899 and 1902. And I, I think it it's history we should never forget as South Africans uh, told from the other side of the coin, um, the side less told. And we will be having this conversation once our line is ready. Nonkululeko Mandula on SAFM. I say, I say, Africa must wake up the sleeping sons of Jacob for what tomorrow may bring. Our dynasty on the morning bliss. We are going to be having the conversation now with uh, Sibata, who's a creative writing lecturer at Salt Lake University, about the book Revisiting Salt Lake's Mafi Gang. Thank you very much for joining us, Sibata. I hope the line's a bit better now. Uh, good morning, my sister. Uh, good morning for inviting me, and good morning to the listeners at home. Now, tell us about the 50 years um, commemoration of this particular book and a, di- a brief description of uh, the Mafigang Diary of Sol T. Blakey. Um, so this this book that we have just uh, released, uh, that's uh, edited by myself and uh, my colleague, Professor Brian Whelan, uh, it's a book about a book. Uh, once in a while, somebody writes a book that is so profound that after a certain period of time, written about the book. And uh, myself and Professor Whelan, being so like his scholars, we have made it um, a trend, not really a trend, but I'm using the word trend cautiously to write books about Sol Plaki's books. Like in 2020, when Sol Plaki's Muhudi, which was the first English novel by Black South African, was written, when it turned 100, we released a book like this one. And now with this one, uh, we look back at uh, what was called the Anglo-Boer War, and it's now called South African War. It happened between 
1802. Now, within a war, there are smaller battles, and one of these battles happened in a town called Mafikeng. Mafikeng was besieged because it was occupied by the British. The Afrikaners surrounded it, meaning that you can't get in or out of Mafikeng, and the war happened during that time. And so when usually when wars happen, there are people in that place who write diaries about the events of the day. Saul Plaky was at that time working at the magistrate's court as a court interpreter and as a typist for the resident magistrate. And, and one of the things he was doing was to type on a daily basis the magistrate's diaries, war diary. Then he realized that, but in this war diary, the people that I live with, who are black people in Mahikeng, nothing is said about them. And then he set out to write a diary, a war diary himself, which happened to be the only war diary by a black South African. Uh, during that time. So that diary, he wrote it and kept it away. And it was only discovered in 1969 in Mafikeng. He had left it in the care of his daughter. Uh, the daughter had passed on in 1969. 1969, there was a researcher in the village in Mahikeng, part of Mahikeng called the Start. A researcher there called John Komarov is now Professor John Komarov at Harvard. And the grandson of Saul Plucky took this book to John Komarov and said, My grandfather wrote a lot of things in this book. It looks very important. Do you mind having a look at it? And when John Komarov looked at it, realized what a treasure trove it was. So from 1969 to 1973, he had to find the publisher. That is why this book was published for the very first time in 1973. And in 2003, 2023, it marked 50 years uh, since the first publication of Stolplaki's Mafikin Diary. And so the, the one we have put together, Revisiting Saul Plaki's Mafikin Diary, Reconsideration and Restoration, is a collection of, of essays by academics from as far as uh, VETS, UCT, Saul Plaki University, Harvard. They have written their reflections on the diary, on its relevance, on its place in history, uh, so that is what this book is about. Let's talk about the relevance of uh, this uh, particular diary itself uh, before mm. we get into uh, the book that you have um, put together. What role did uh, Saul Blakey's Mafikeng diary play in uh, elaborating the story the, the of the end yeah. of the war? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. The the important thing about that diary, the most important thing was the community from which it came. All all war diaries at that time were written by white people. This one was written by a black person 
who lived in a Barolong community, a Setswana-speaking community. It was perceived before this diary came to light in 1969 that the Anglo-Boer War was a war between two white nations, the British and the Afrikaners, and they were fighting about the land in South Africa and what is beneath the land in South Africa. It was also perceived that black people were mere spectators, that they were doing nothing. But this diary changed that narrative. In this diary, Sol Plaki has chronicled all the participation of black people in Mafeking at that time. Remember when the town is besieged, you can't get supplies in, you can't get supplies out. Meat ran out in Mafeking. Black people in Mafeking were sent out to risk their lives to cross the Boer line to go and raid cattle outside Mafeking so that they be brought in, so that there is meat in the town. Secondly, they played a very important role of espionage. Now, in every war, you cannot have a war and not have spies in the war, people who go out and and know how ready or how weak or how fortified the enemy is on the other side. It was Black people who had to go through that. And then when, when beef ran out in Mahikeng, for instance, uh, the first people to be fed horse meat were Barolong, were Botswana. Uh, so Saul Plucky has, has mentioned that in his diary. And then it, it, the, there was sort of an unwritten rule from both sides, the sides of the, the Boers and the side of the British, that we do not give arms to black people. When they help us, they, they rather do smaller things like, like cooking for us, uh, making sure that uh, the injured are taken care of, but we do not give them arms. But when the going got tough, 500 rifles were given to Botswana in Mahikeng to fight on the side of the British and relieve the town because the town was besieged. So. The role of that diary was to change that narrative. And that is why the Anglo-Boer War eventually had its name changed from Anglo-Boer War to South African War after they realized that here is now documentary proof in a diary by one of the most prominent South Africans who was in Mahike, proving that Botswana or Black people did participate in a war, they were not just mere spectators. Now, why? <laughs> I am sure this question is lingering on a lot of people's minds. Why is it that um, the history of uh, Native Africans is usually whitewashed from history books that are in the basic education system? So we don't hear yeah. of um, the participation of black people within wars of black people in 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 innovation and change why is this mm-hmm. but i i understand what you're doing as a so blacky scholars i understand why you're doing it but why have we come to this point 
You know, my sister, it is very painful. I mean, first of all, uh, the history in, in any country after conquest is written by the conqueror. And the conqueror wants to appear in a particular way. There is that old adage that uh, in the tale of the hunting, the best part of the story will praise the hunter and not the lion. And so that that is the case with us. The history has been told by the victors and education has been used in, in many parts of the world, including South Africa, to to brainwash people, to make them look less than, than the achievers that they are, to downplay the greatness of their heroes. And that is why a diary like this has not been getting enough attention. And, and I'm sure this happens everywhere, in every country, the Maumawo in Kenya and so forth, the heroes there, some of them are not known. You know, there were parts of South Africa that were besieged. Kimberley was besieged. Majority of people who live in Kimberley are black people. And I'm quite sure that they played a role, but it was never there in the history. But secondly, it is because we were segregated. And when we are segregated, physically, it means that your horizon is just so near. So you're going to write about what you see. Hence, white people wrote about what they saw, what was near them. So like in this case, during the day, uh, eight to four, he is in town in Mahigang, working at the magistrate's court. He sees what is happening there. He knocks off at four o'clock, he goes to the village. It's another community. And he realizes these are two distinct communities. But my community has been written about. So unfortunately, that is what happened. The other thing is that education is so important in, in every society. You can imagine what kind of education, what kind of history has been taught at the two schools in Orania, this whites only settlement in, in the Northern Cape. I'm sure they are not teaching them about Sol Plaki or John Dube or Pix Likaseme. They are not teaching them about how the ANC came about, uh, how PAC came about. They are teaching them about Boo heroes. And, and those people, will, the children will grow up believing that, oh, the heroes are white. And they came here as chosen people. And they came to take what was theirs. And apartheid wasn't bad after all. So, so it is very intentional that some information be hidden away from those that need it the most. I think that is the reason. Um, books are, can be used in propaganda, uh, disseminating false information. And this is what has been happening all along. You know, um, the, the history that I learned in school 
probably had nothing to do with Sol Plaki. My interest in Sol Plaki came even after my junior degree when I visited Sol Plaki Museum in Kimberley and I was living in Johannesburg working as a journalist. And I said, my goodness, this guy was so big. I'm going to come back here and work here. And unfortunately, there was a space for, for a researcher. And that's how I ended up being a Sol Plaki scholar. That's about 15, 16 years ago. But otherwise, the information as crucial as this about our heroes, about all these things they have done, is kept away from us, has been kept away from us. And unfortunately, it's still not mainstream even today. So and how, I how guess... can we popularize and make it mainstream? How can we not only just make it mainstream, but make it compulsory that it goes into education system, basic education? We've got history as a subject. Mm. Um, and mm. I think, mm. uh, you know, uh, the, the, this diary, this book uh, that is 50 years old, plus the book that you have come up with, Revisiting Saul Blakey's uh, Mafeking Diary, uh, Reconsideration and Restoration. How do we make those popular and how do we get them into the basic education system? Well, basic education uh, system is, is another animal that I personally know very little about because I, I teach in higher education. Uh, and I don't know how, I don't know there are processes in, in prescribing books but at universities, because we have something called academic freedom, we choose which books to read, uh, to prescribe. And this gives us some, some leeway. Uh, for instance, I, I have a colleague who has been teaching in her anthropology class, Muhudi, which was Sol Plaki's novel written in 1920, English novel written in 1920. And, and so, apart from us teaching Sol Plaki's works at universities, and universities, I mean, as much as it looks like we have a lot of universities, there are not many. We have 26 universities in this country. Compare that to the United States, which has 4,200 universities, or the city of London alone, which has got 40 universities. Now, some, some colleagues will say, I love Sol Plaki. I want to write about him. I love John Dube. I follow John Dube. I studied John Dube. I want to teach about him. Uh, we do that at universities. Uh, but beyond that, there is little that we can do. At least what uh, Professor William and I have been doing has been just giving lectures from South Africa to London. That's where we get uh, most platforms to talk about Sol Plaki and so forth. And now the Sol Plaki University uh, was like God sent uh, when it happened because it found us already uh, researching Sol Plaki. And now every year on the 9th of October, which is Sol Plaki's birthday, he was born on the 9th of October, 1876. On the 9th of October, they have the annual Sol Plaki lecture. And all the time I've seen that uh, the auditorium would be full and so on. And, 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 and so uh, beyond that, I wish 
the the mass media could assist i wish basic education could come to party especially basic education you just mentioned basic education which is very important it, i wish it could come to party and and popularize these kind of works not only Saul Plaki, but there was uh, robert sobuko as well there was hamilton masiza as well a, a lot of people that we don't know about who were erased from our history books by the past regime the my hope is that would restore them to those history books. And uh, you're already taking steps in the right uh, direction, you and your colleagues from the various universities who have come together to put this book, um, uh, you know, in commemoration of the 50 years of the Saul Blackie uh, Diaries of Mafia Gang. Tell us, uh, where do we get hold of this book for those who are keen to to know more about the South African Anglo-Boer War history? Thank you so much, my sister. The, the book is available at all uh, leading bookstores in South Africa, as well as online uh, outlets like Take A Lot, Amazon, and so forth. So everywhere, you, you could go to, to the bookstore at the airport and, and get the book, or at the mall. The, the two main chain bookstores in South Africa have got the book. Okay, excellent. Thank you very much for joining us, uh, Sibat. Thank you, my sister. Thank you so much.